This podcast is part of the No Phony Podcast Network, the home of independent awesomeness. Today, you got a better chance of being kidnapped in your driveway today than you do on Halloween. Now I'm terrified. Well, I feel like you know something. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, it's time for the idiots. An objective defense of the 80s. From a couple of idiots. Welcome back to another episode of The Idiots, an objective defense of 1980s pop culture from a couple of idiots. My name is Will, and joining me, as always, is my friend and co-host, Ray. Here we go again. You know, (laughs) (laughs) yes, little do they know. You know, I I just caught myself looking into your eyes when I was doing the intro. And then it, you looked away, and I was like, maybe I don't usually do that. Maybe I shouldn't. It's getting weird. So what? then I just started staring off to the wall. Staring is bad. Staring. I look lecherous. Hey, so today <laughs> we're going to be talking about one of our favorite um, holidays, if not our favorite holiday. I don't know. Oh, it's See? my favorite. Yeah, it might be mine, too. I, you know, again, I love Christmas. I love giving... You know, most of that's about the kids. You know, it's like seeing yeah. a look on their face when they get something that's cool Or my wife. But Halloween, yeah. What is it about Halloween? Uh, it's got to do with you could be murdered as you walk around <laughs> the streets at night. Yes, right. Or can you now? And we'll talk about that yeah, in a little bit. Yeah, we'll them. figure it out. So we're going to talk today about uh, Halloween in the 1980s. And of course, we're going to have an episode next week where we're going to talk uh, about Halloween. Not Halloween. We're going to talk... Oh, fuck it. We're not even gonna, I don't have to tell you what we're talking about next week. Um, you should leave that in. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it live. <laughs> well, I'll write it, and we'll do it live. <laughs> yeah, so you hit on something that I, I want to ask you right away. Does Halloween... Does it have to involve fear, monsters, ghosts? Uh, because, you know, a lot of it is about costumes, and people don't necessarily dress up like those types of things. I know the origins of Halloween and, you know, this whatever... Actually, I don't. I know roughly. <laughs> I know what people think they are, and I what I think they are. So let's just talk about what we know, because we're two All idiots. Right. That, that, that's a good idea. Let's talk about what we know. <laughs> Versus, let's talk about people on a different show now. Yeah. So what do you think? Does it have to have... Does it have to be scary? Does it have to have those elements to be a... Halloween? In the 70s and 80s, yes. Hmm. Definitely had to have that scare factor. Now, no. You have the not-so-scary hayrides for the kids now, and the... And more of a party atmosphere as to a scary atmosphere. Like, can you, you can remember when we were kids, you'd walk on somebody's porch and they'd jump out with a chainsaw. Oh, yeah. And there was well. a blade on it and they would fire it up. <laughs> it was gassed up. It's ready gassed to go. up and they're waving it around. He probably oiled the chain even. And your parents are at home because they're not walking around with no. you. And you're on this porch with this lunatic who lives down the street from you. So, yeah, you don't see that anymore. You're not sure if you're going to be murdered or get candy. Right. And that's okay. That was okay. And his wife comes out of the house laughing with the bowl of candy. Yeah. Like, this is fun, right? Right. We're having fun. Stop crying. Yeah. So, okay. So, yeah, it did seem to involve more terrifying things, I guess, when we were kids. But does it need to? I think it should. Should. Because it's one day out of the year. Yeah. I mean, you remember uh, going to haunted houses? You you get mm. punched in the ribs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't remember having haunted houses where I... Where, so I grew up in a city, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, trick-or-treating in the city, I'm sure, was different than, you know, trick-or-treating where you lived in, in more of a sub- suburbs. Uh, and we could talk about that. But so to haunted houses, I only remember seeing haunted houses on the boardwalk, you know, so down the Jersey Shore or a, a carnival that might, uh, you know, stop by once... In, during the summer, not during the fall necessarily. I think we have... Probably 500 haunted attractions here in Ohio. Yeah. Literally, they're everywhere you go. 
We could actually drive the nail in the street. There's probably one in the cornfield across from us. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's, it's that, you know, prevalent here. It's just amazing. So, and was it like that in the 80s? In this yeah, time? it's always been that way here. Because hmm. you're right. Just driving, you know, running errands, uh, I pass at least two haunted barns or, or haunted corn mazes or, and such. Yeah. Yeah. And they, uh, you can get average people that just come in and uh, work there. You go yeah. and you try out and stuff. And Yeah. And they actually have local celebrities come and dress up and stuff at some of them. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. That wasn't a big thing for us um, hmm. in the city. Not that I recall. Anyway. In a little while, we'll be speaking with each other more about Halloween. But before that, here's 80s news. All right. But yeah, we got to cut that short because I actually have a great story I want to tell oh, today. okay. And, and I don't want you cutting me off because you think I'm factually <laughs> incorrect, all right? I will have no time to research. It'll just go straight okay. out. This, uh, um, this story is great. Uh, me and Will, we both live in the same community. Ah, that's true. And our true. children go to school together. So the PTO had their trunk or treat yesterday. Right. And we both participated. Yes. And, um, and much like the show, this is exactly how the show works, okay? It, uh. Trunk or treat worked exactly like the show works. So <laughs> I walk in with my cardboard box. <laughs> I flip it over. I put my bowl of candy down. I've got a yep. couple of other. I got a plastic rat, plastic skull. <laughs> I got a five-gallon bucket I'm sitting on, okay? I've got a <laughs> bunch of candy. I'm not in costume. Uh, directly across from me is Will. Okay? He has an entire pirate ship set up. Mast, crow's nest. My son is in the crow's nest yelling, there she blows. Someone had unfurled flag. So he's also in full pirate costume doing the voices, the characters for the kids. Uh-huh. He has a treasure chest <laughs> full of candy that opens and closes by That's itself. <laughs> and not just that, a full DJ setup playing Halloween music for the children of the world. Right. It was absolutely amazing. And yeah. at the end of the day, it took me four minutes to get out of there. Oh, boy. Will is still trying to get all his stuff out of there today. <laughs> so yes. I wanted to give you big kudos for your, your setup. You did awesome. Oh. But that's how our show runs. It's just like the show. Hmm. He's got a big old pirate ship over there, <laughs> and I got a cardboard box and a bucket. What did you You know, you remind, you remind me of the show because that thing we said behind the scenes, quality and content. Look, and, and you know, to continue your metaphor, in the end... It didn't matter, right? In the end, it didn't <laughs> no, matter. It didn't I spent matter. all this time and money building a pirate ship and a trunk yes. and a treasure chest. It was still provided the same function yeah, as and giving I, out candy. And I had full-size Reese's. Yeah. <laughs> and kids didn't say, well, hey, your pirate candy is better than <laughs> his candy. No, they just got the candy. They didn't uh, care about the thing. Oh, man. Uh, it was awesome, so it was our show. That was a lot of fun. Though. But that's why I cut 80s news short. Was just so that so that, that's why I didn't tell you about the other... Well, that's funny, yeah, and that it was a lot of fun. That is 80s news. Dun, 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 dun. Ack. So let's talk about some of the things that happened in the 80s, or, or specific to maybe our experience in the 80s and Halloween, and, you know, and whatever that leads to. So starting off with, the, I guess, the most critical thing, the Halloween is costumes, right? Yeah, costumes are cool. So, and what I recall is store-bought costumes, just like today, were expensive. Although maybe today they're, I don't know what the relative price is to it, but I remember... If you got a store-bought costume, you were lucky, you know, because it was a little more pricey. It was more like, well, what do you got in your uh, laundry that we can cut holes in and put fake blood on? And <laughs> Well, it, actually, I think it works out cheaper to just buy the old costume than to try to make one at home. You think it was true? that was true in the 80s? I, I think it might have been. Hmm. 
Because you got a plastic mask and a plastic shirt. Yeah. And that was the whole costume. Yeah. Do you remember they had these costumes that were giant blow-up? Oh, my God. I wanted to ask you Do about that. Do you remember that. those? I only remember that because I saw it on the internet when I was saying, uh, looking for things to remind me about the 80s. Yeah, were, I, I had one of those one year. Oh, I'm so jealous. It was horrible. Well, you know what? <laughs> so those were called kooky spookies. and Oh, kooky spooks, rather. And I, so, yeah, I didn't remember those. So I saw them on the internet, and I remember the commercial and thought, I want one. My parents wanted to get me one. Yeah. The, now, those kooky spooky cos- kooky spooks costumes are really cool. Uh, otherwise, you were stuck with those ones with the plastic that cut into your eyeballs, and you can mm-hmm. barely, barely see. And I saw I saw one of the descriptions online. I hadn't thought of it. They said that, oh, it was on the box, the package. It was like a Ben Cooper costume. It said, you know, comes with mask and plastic smock, I think it says. Nice. Smock, which has the image on it. And... um I only remember ever having one of those. I'm sure I had more, but it was a Fred Flintstone one. It was one of the earliest costumes I remember. Otherwise, my, most of my costumes were homemade. I was lucky because my grandmother was a seamstress, so she could pretty much make whatever. Oh, you're very lucky. Although, one of my favorite costumes I remember was a Spider-Man costume, and I think mostly my mom made it. And I, the, most, the one thing I remember in particular was the mask was a winter hat <laughs> that she just pulled over my head and then cut eye holes out of. Oh, and, you know, sweet. and drew the Spider-Man like you know yeah. web lines on it. That's awesome. When, when you wore costumes, didn't you feel like you were that character? Yes, and that's because we wanted to be the character because that's how we did everything. Yeah, you saw a movie back then. You were out in the yard, you know, pretending to be the character from the movie with all your friends. And yeah, I mean, I dressed up like Frankenstein one year with the plastic costume yeah. that cut into my face, and <laughs> it's my favorite. But that's because Frankenstein was my favorite movie growing up. It started early for you. Yeah, and my first grade birthday party, my mom got the projector from the library, and we showed Frankenstein That's high my tech. Party. Yeah. That is high tech. Yeah, it was cool. I can't believe that would be awesome. I think I was the only kid who wanted to watch the movie, but... Yeah. <laughs> well, you're probably the only kid who would have known what a projector... Well, no, we had those in school. Yeah. We had those in school. But to have it at your house, wow, that's fancy. You were you're well, fancy when you were... Well, you went to the library, and they, they let you borrow it. Oh. So you could watch the movies. Yeah, see. Uh, they gave you the screen and everything back then. Well, no, we, I didn't uh, know to take advantage of that. Did you even know where the library was? I did. Nice. And I loved the library. And, yeah. it, you know, we had, uh, we had a couple in our city. And one that I could walk to and was allowed to walk to eventually. You're not getting me with that <laughs> headphone thing this week. So, yeah. And, and with regard to the costumes, it seemed like um, not only, you know, was comfort was not an issue, but safety wasn't a big issue either. I mean, no. You could barely see through those little plastic holes if you, you know, could see at all. Well, yeah. And some people who made their own costumes, the visibility yeah. was zero. Yeah. Like they were watching through the bottom with their feet going forward. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. I, wow. Now I have a memory of doing that for some reason. <laughs> Can't think of what I would have meant, but it was probably made out of a cardboard box. <laughs> Something like that. The biggest safety feature I can remember was sometimes they'd have like a big glowing sticker that they would, eventually, this was like the uh, new technology. You know, it was like you know, a sticker. <laughs> it was a big <laughs> sticker that glowed in the dark. Uh, I don't remember what it would say on it, but it was to help you not get hit by a car, I suppose, when you're uh. crossing the street. What about what, about what, what you'd carry your candy in? Now, now kids have, you know, candy. What do they call those things even? I don't, I don't know. Candy or treat bag. Treat, treat bags? I don't, I don't know what they call but them. But they, you know, they match the costume. There's a variety <laughs> of, uh, you know, Disney and Marvel, you know, different uh, characters you can get. And Yeah, I would say as a little kid, we had the pumpkin. Pumpkin. The That's all I can remember. The pumpkin. pumpkin. Yeah. And then as we got older, we upgraded to the pillowcase. Pillowcase, right. Jeez. When we have kids like that show up in our neighborhood now, mm-hmm. those pillowcases are very full. Yes, they are. 
And it's curious that, the, and it's usually, like you said, the older kids, the teenagers. That can haul around, you know, 80 pounds of yeah, candy. Yeah, but, and, and I'd even want to eat it still. I don't, I guess I don't remember being that much into candy. <laughs> the best part is when you get home and you dump the candy on the floor yeah. and put your pillowcase back on your pillow. <laughs> Does it smell like candy? I wonder. <laughs> it smells like candy oh, all night. Best night's sleep. Or worst <laughs> night if you were allowed to eat a lot of candy. I or suppose. somebody threw an apple in there. Yeah. Do you remember spending a lot of time preparing for costumes? I, I remember you, you bought the costume, you wore the costume. Yeah I, wasn't... yeah, I didn't spend a lot of time on Halloween costumes. Yeah. I don't know why, because you, you think it'd be more fun. Yeah. I mean, now I'm, you know, now I, I, I buy into the whole thing. I love helping my kids make costumes, you know, or tracking down online the different elements to piece together a costume of different store-bought things. That makes me think, actually, does the fact that cosplaying is a big thing, and now adults, you know, anyone from a child to an adult can still dress up various times throughout the year for, you know, different types of conventions, does, it make, does that make Halloween less special? I think it's because our generation refused to grow up. I think that's why cosplay is so big now, hmm. because our generation runs the world, basically, mm-hmm. and so we still play video games. And we like Halloween costumes, so we just turned it into an event that we can do once a month hmm. all over the place now. Now, now I'm going to have to find some kind of sociological study about that, because I'm curious if the cosplay phenomenon was, did begin with our generation, you know? Um, well, the cool thing, though, about the millennials is, is that they dig it, too. Yeah. So I think it's the one thing we have in common is we all like to dress up yeah. and go places. <laughs> hmm. This says so much about our society. Like the idea that, well, one, that we didn't grow up, which I agree with you. I think we talked about that a few episodes ago where since we were maybe one of the first generations, uh, certainly the first generation to significantly be able to continue to live our childhoods because of the electronic uh, you know, technology that we've had since the 80s. Yeah, we are sort of stuck in this adolescent stage. Yeah, yeah you don't see baby boomers doing cosplay yeah, usually. I, th- I think the last costume I saw my dad w- wear wasn't a costume. It was just probably his army uniform. and <laughs> Yeah, that's dress up for him. Yeah. Wow. You know what? I don't have a problem with it. I'm okay with being I'm, a kid forever. I'm super good it's with fine. it. It's fine. Yeah. So I remember you told me once before you don't really care for candy. Is that just now or when you were a kid too you didn't? No, I loved candy as a kid. Okay. But I don't like to mix alcohol and sweets, so I don't eat a lot of candy now. Really? I like brownie with beer. Now, I don't really drink beer often at all yeah. anymore, and I don't really care for beer. But I love brownies. Maybe I just love brownies. <laughs> That's <laughs> Could all be. It is. I just love brownies. <laughs> So I'll have it with anything. So what was your favorite candy then when you were... Oh, Mr. Goodbar. Hands yeah. down, Mr. Goodbar is my favorite. Mr. Goodbar. Was that peanuts and caramel or... That is... And chocolate? Peanuts and chocolate. Hmm. That's it, huh? In a big yellow wrapper. They used to sell you giant ones. Yeah. Yep. And I would get a Pepsi in the old glass bottle. Wow. That's sugar. And I would eat that. And that, that would be lunch right there. <laughs> <laughs> that was your school lunch. <laughs> Oh my gosh, so many things that we do now for our kids that we don't, that in the 80s was, you know, whatever. Yeah, I remember uh, my school lunch was I would get to walk home from school and cook whatever I could on the stove. Yeah. I well, think we that would, was third uh, grade. Yeah, we would take hot dogs, put them on forks, and just cook them right over the, yeah. the stovetop. <laughs> now I'm slaving over a sandwich, a gourmet sandwich for my daughter every morning. So, you know, that, that makes me think, actually, as kids, were our parents... Uh, when they, when we would go through the candy, we could talk about some of the concerns about that. But before we get to some of the 80s-specific concerns, did our ki- parents care about the sugar content? I know there would be certain candies that don't eat this or that, but no. it wasn't sugar, was no, it? No, they were looking for open wrappers, yes. razor blades, right, cyanide, <laughs> prescription medicines. Yes. Um, 
I guess that's it, right? Yeah, well, mostly, yeah. Hey, you, it makes me, I wanted to play something for you. So I found from 1985 this Halloween safety video. And the announcers, it's a, the, it's a cartoon jack-o'-lantern teaching kids how to be safe for Halloween. The cartoon jack-o'-lantern and his, the voice of the actor is creepy. So if he's trying, he's trying to, you know, calm children's fears. But he does speak to uh, being cautious about your, your Halloween candy treats. You see, some people think it's fun to play tricks with your treats. Watch out for candy wrappers that have been torn or punctured. That might be a sign of tampering. There might be things in the candy, so break open candy bars before you eat them. Cut fruit into pieces before you eat it, just in case something's been stuck in it. Watch out for things that look like candy, but might be medicines or drugs or even poisons. Don't eat anything that doesn't look right. If it looks funny, it might not be so funny if you ate it. You've got to see this video for a few reasons. Uh, one, because the jack o' is kind of creepy to me. Yeah. But when he talks about, uh, you know, it might be medicines or something. Yeah, they show pills, like, you know, right. the candy. Right. And if it doesn't look right, the kid pulls out a candy bar, it looks like it's covered in mold or something. <laughs> I mean, I don't think we should have been told that. But I don't know, man. Me and my brother once found a candy bar on the side of the road and ate it, so. <laughs> <laughs> was it in a wrapper? Yeah. It was uh, all right. Okay, well then it was, we were crossing this little bridge we used to walk across, and it was sitting on top of the pillar, yeah. all nicely wrapped up. So we right. ate it. See, now it was this in the nineteen eighties. This would be in the eighties. Yes. See, now based on the the scare, and you were alluding to the you know sort of the terror we had in, in the eighties about candy and, and lots of things. I would have thought this is a trick. This somebody definitely put this candy. We here. looked for a string, okay, <laughs> to make sure that it wasn't going to. Pull us away. <laughs> oh, I think like ignite a, a dynamite charge or something. Okay. You hold on to the, it's like a cart. You were living in a cartoon. <laughs> I did some research to see, you know, whether our fear in the 1980s was warranted because, you know, as Ray's suggesting, we were terrified of what could, and as that, that video, the audio from that video suggests, we were terrified of what we can get in candy. So it turns out, starting in the 50s, people were afraid of candy being poisoned. And then in the 60s, it, it moved to being uh, having needles, pins and needles stuck in mm-hmm. and razor blades. Uh, and most of these uh, stories were just urban legend. There's very few reported cases of people being hurt by, you know, something being put in their candy. However, in 1982, we had the Tylenol scare when um, someone, some crazy person actually... Can I say that crazy person? I guess. Well, yeah, they're, some, a, they're a lunatic. I'll say some evil person in case, you know, uh, in case. The, what the hell's the difference? Well, because I, there's the idea that I'm not saying that because you have a mental health issue, that means you're necessarily going to poison people. We know that's not okay. For folks who don't know, that's not necessarily mm. true. But odds are, if you poison people, you probably are dealing with a mental issue. So maybe it goes the other way. In any case, an evil, <laughs> an evil person actually was poisoning Tylenol bottles that killed seven people. And this inspired um, some people to do similar things to candy, mm-hmm. uh, and probably not in the numbers that warranted it, the fear that our parents had. But yeah, we were terrified we could be poisoned in our Halloween treats. Yeah, and that's where the safety seal comes from for oh. medicines and stuff. Oh, right, right, right. Before that, that's how, you know, you could just go into the store and open these things up, take some out, put a lid back on. and Yeah, and, and, and there was no such thing. There was no little thing you pulled off. Right, and yeah, if only we had that for our candy. Well, we do. It's called a wrapper. Well, you know, you say that, but again, look, I was a child pretty nervous and anxious anyway. So you tell me that this stuff could be poisoned and examine the labels. I was like, you know, a forensic scientist so, examining those so labels. So if you found a candy bar on the side of the road, you would not have eaten it? No. 
Problem. Wow. No, I would have said, uh-huh, nope, evil person. <laughs> You're clever. And even though I don't see a string, I know this is probably injected with something. But yeah, checking wrapper really carefully. Like, is there a little incision? I remember specifically being in my aunt's house after trick-or-treating one day, spreading the candy out and then, you know, seeing like a little, uh, a little irregularity in the label. I, I don't think hmm. this is, I mean, we shouldn't eat this. Maybe we should call the police and have them come <laughs> with a hazmat suit. And yeah, I was, I was very scared of that because of that. We basically sat there like wolves as yep. they went through the candy. Like, <laughs> and they, the good pile, they started yes. developing the good pile. And you could tell, it's like, we're going to have to dig that out of the trash in about an hour. This is ridiculous. <laughs> but were they putting aside the ones that were, they were concerned might have been tampered with? Yeah. Oh. Like the, ha- the wrappers half open and, and me and my brothers would be discussing, <laughs> you distract them. I'll go in and get it. <laughs> well, you, that's proof right there that a lot of this was probably urban legend because you survived eating potentially dangerous candy. That was fine. <laughs> Did you, um, in lieu of getting a Halloween uh, candy, um, there were some other things you could get, but the most, I think, coveted thing I remember in the 1980s that you can get something instead of candy was the McDonald's gift certificate. Did you get those out here? We may have, but I don't remember. Yeah. I'll have to show you a picture. Maybe it'll, you know, flashback. A little mm-hmm. coupon that would, you know, get you free fries or a cheeseburger or a Happy Meal. Oh, that was all. Awesome. Wow. Candy was an instant gratification, but knowing you could go to McDonald's and get something for free, that was pretty exciting, too. Mm. As far as trick-or-treating goes, again, some differences in the 80s versus now. You would trick-or-treat. In the 80s, you, trick, you, you only went to your neighborhood, right? I mean, now we have people bust into our neighborhood. I've taken my kids to other neighborhoods when I lived in a place where there were no homes around. Yeah, we, uh, we would just, all of us, me and my friends, we'd all just get together and just roam the neighborhood until whenever we felt like coming back. Yeah, that that's another difference, right? Because mm-hmm. na- now we have a set date, there a set time. There is a strict time. time now. Yeah. At 8 o'clock, all the lights go off. Now. Yeah. <laughs> all the way down <laughs> the street. You could be about to ring a bell, and those porch yeah. lights will go off. You're out of luck. Yep, and you're done. I, yeah, I remember it, it was like uh, when your parents came home from work, you know, it was like 5, 5.30. That was roughly around when you could expect doorbells to start ringing in the 80s. And it went on until you ran out of candy. You ran out of candy, you turn the porch lights off, it's done. If you bought right. enough candy for a half hour, because there's a lot of kids that year, it's over. Yeah, it's over. Yeah, it's, but uh, yeah, it seemed like we would just roam around all night long. Like yeah. midnight, you could still be out trick-or-treating. And people would still give you candy. Yeah. Because they were still out. Now it's different. And do you remember adults being with you? I don't. When I was very little, yes. But by the time yeah. I was probably eight or nine... I yeah. think I could go by myself. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I was in my own neighborhood. Yeah. And usually you, tra- you traveled in a pack of kids. Yeah, right. And it, yeah, like now you see a lot of parents with two kids. Yeah. And it's like, where's the horde? Yeah. Yeah. Where's, where's your friends? Yeah. Where's everybody? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I re- yeah. I remember that sort of philosophy was, well, they can't kidnap us all. Right. It's, it's called, uh, I just got to be faster <laughs> than the slowest member of our crew. Yes. And I'll pop a chunky bar or whatever <laughs> yeah. needed for that extra energy and I'm out of here. Right. I'll kneecap somebody if I have to. You're going to need a big van to bring, bring all of our friends, <laughs> yeah. kidnap all of our friends. And the other thing about trick-or-treating, you know, uh, it was only that one night a year. You didn't have trunk or treat at a church somewhere or at a school. No. Yeah you know, or whatever, at the mall. He didn't have that at the mall. No, you yeah, got what? one chance. Yeah, that's it. You get the candy that one night, you're not up for it, that's it, you're done. You're going to have to get yeah. candy from your you friends, got, I guess. You got mono, get out of bed and get out there, because <laughs> it only happens once a year. And you would, right? And, I mean, yeah. you, you would. Oh, yeah, you'd see kids out there look like they were dying from the flu. You're like, yeah. oh, what are you, a zombie? <laughs> I forgot my mask. <laughs> um, and uh, you remember... I, I, Class parties, I don't think what they were, what they were even on Halloween. I remember one school I went to, we'd have a little bit of something, maybe the teacher would give out candy, and we had a parade. 
And our parade in this one school was cool because we would actually march outside. We would go around the school block, you know, and then back. It was a city block, but it was a smaller size city block. Now, you know, in our, our local school here, they do it inside the school. But yeah. I don't remember class parties being... Now, it's, class, class parties in our school here are a huge deal, you know. Um, and, and because they became so big, they have had to put rules in place with the number of parents that are allowed to be there. Uh, you know, parents bring in games, uh, food. Um, I think that's how it's always been in this part of the country. Is that right? Once again, I think as a kid, I can remember our school parties being really cool with Dunkin' for Apples and oh. everything else. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, maybe I it's... Think it's I think it's a regional thing, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah, and one other thing about uh, trick-or-cheating in particular was, is the decor. So I lived in a city, and it's to your point about regional stuff, I don't remember there being that many decorations, but folks didn't have homes like you do in, in the suburbs. You know, you're talking about uh, row houses or brownstones. Some people had porches. Most people didn't. I don't remember there being a lot of decorations and things like that. Um, maybe a jack-o'-lantern in the winter, in a window, not even a real one. I don't remember having real pumpkins, you know. Uh, hmm. Certainly not with the elaborate, you know, now you'd, back then you'd carve a couple of triangles for an eye right. or a mouth or a nose. Now these folks got these, you know, like... Animatronics? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it looks like you're Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> yeah, there's a pumpkin looks like it's coming to life yeah. inside. But so, do you remember decorations being a big thing in the 80s where you grew up? Decorations were pretty pretty common, but they were not like they are today. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, stuff taped to the door or hanging on the porch or a skeleton taped to the garage. Yeah. Stuff like that. And then, uh, obviously, the... The big one was the dad wearing the costume, sitting in the chair like a scarecrow. Uh, yes. That was like every third house, you know? <laughs> He's either hiding in a tree or in a bush. <laughs> so you were expected to get terrified yeah. every three right. houses. Every three houses, the dad is jumping out of somewhere to scare the crap out of you. <laughs> so, But today, it's more about the big show, just like Christmas. It's the big yep. light festival. Hmm. And I think a lot of people put a lot more effort into the decorations, which is really cool. Yeah, because the guy who lives in our street, Greg. He did a haunted house. Yeah, it's, that's which was crazy. amazing. Yeah, it was super cool. Yeah, and, and they also now have for all the holidays, but certainly for Halloween, in, in technology that seems to allow these elaborate inflatables. You know, at a, oh, yeah. I guess a reasonable cost, where you can have uh, giant spiders crawling on your home, or <laughs> yeah, um, what's that one? It's a haunted carriage with a horse. Did you see that? Yeah, um, I've seen that. It's crazy. It's insane. Yeah, no, we yeah we didn't have that uh, growing up. Um, uh, did you guys have uh, mischief night or devil's night here? No. Do you even know what that is? I know what devil's night is. Did people die on Devil's Night? Devil's Night is Detroit, where they just burn everything. Okay, yes. So I know that, but what is mischief okay, night? Okay, well, let me tell you a story. In New Jersey, where I grew up in Jersey City, New Jersey, and I think in other parts of New Jersey, I don't know, maybe it's just a Jersey City thing, the night before Halloween, we would have something called Mischief Night. It's the night before Halloween. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you? And, and I know in... We don't have that here. Oh, Detroit has Devil's Night. Right. That might be the only two places that have something. As far like as that I there. know, that's the only ones I know of. Yeah. Hmm. So, in Mischief Night was again the night before Halloween. It was you knew if you were out on Mischief Night, you had the danger of being uh, assaulted by from some you know by someone with a sock full of flour, <laughs> or worse, <laughs> you're hoping for flour. You could get egged, mm-hmm. and certainly even if you weren't out, you'd wake up to find eggs and flour you know everywhere. Cars, houses, everything. But you knew if you went out that night, there was yeah. the danger of some roaming gang of flower, of sock-wielding hooligans, you know, that would assault you. That sounds 
crazy. So a lot of people would just stay in on that night. You know? I think I would just stay home. Yeah. My friends didn't. Unless I was a teenager. Yeah, exactly. So when you're then a teen... Then I'd be busy. Yeah. You'd be, oh, yeah, that would be fun to have, have you in our neighborhood at the time. I remember... Now, you know, if you talk to any of my friends, they're probably going to tell you this, so I'm just going to tell you. I was the tamest among my friends. Really? Yeah. I know huh. it's shocking to you because I'm just a wild person now, yeah. but I was always worried about uh, breaking the law. I was always <laughs> worried about... Uh, even more than that, though, uh, my parents getting yeah. mad at me, mm-hmm. you know, because that would be bad. Uh, I was, I think I told you this before, I was more afraid of my parents than the law or anybody else for that matter. So, um, but I do remember one mischief night being out and, um, the preparations involved, you know, I just showed up again. I was sort of, you know, uh, I don't know. I was an extra I think (laughs) I was an extra in my friends, you know, like sort of awesome high school life, (laughs) an unforgettable character, just, you know, guy number one, but, um, one of my, our friends, he worked at the grocery store. So he showed up with trays and trays full of eggs. Oh, yeah. You know, ready, just dozens and dozens. And he was prepared, and everyone was preparing to defend our little part of the neighborhood. You know, he and his brother, they, their, their parents managed an apartment building there. And that's where we hung out, was in front of their apartment building. And so it was going to be about protecting that street, you know, that, that area there. And so the, the uh, laundry room of the apartment building had stacks of trays of eggs ready to, to defend, <laughs> you know, socks were filled with flour, et cetera, et cetera. And um, in our, our stretch of street was just a little piece of street that was, be- you know, between these two perpendicular streets. So mm-hmm. you didn't have to come down our street unless you had business. Ah. You know? So it was kind of easy strategically. But in this particular Halloween, I remember that... Um, one of our friends, I should probably start naming friends so you know I keep the story straight. But I think it was one of our friends, Pete, who was, uh, uh, he also lived in the building. He kind of, I remember him going further down the street towards one of the corners. He was going to be a lookout in case anybody was coming. Right, you, know? got, you got to have a lookout. Yeah. And I can't even remember, maybe I created this, made this more interesting, but he was like under a car or something, waiting to be able to report back, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. And sure enough, eventually, you know, people start approaching. But it's a, it's a group of girls, teenage girls. Now, on Mischief Night, even hmm. Mischief Night, you don't attack girls. You never attack girls. No, that's, that's wrong. You got to be chivalrous and, you know, obey mm-hmm. the rules of whatever, engagement. But after they had passed him enough, he realized, just as you're suspecting, they weren't actually girls. They were the neighborhood, our neighborhood rivals on the street over, oh, no. dressed as women. Oh, they were up to no good. Yes, they were coming to infiltrate our, you know, our fortress there. Using the rules of engagement against Against you. us. Uh, These guys were like studying Sun Tzu or something at, you know, nice. 15. Pete comes out from under the car, starts shouting, They're not girls! <laughs> They're not girls! Because from our distance, we couldn't tell, yeah. you know? Eventually, we hear this, and they hear it too, so they start approaching more quickly. Sure enough, immediately, the trays of eggs are now <laughs> brought out from the, from the laundry room. Uh, and my friend, John Gilroy, who should have been a quarterback, but he wasn't really into sports, but he had an arm like a cannon. <laughs> they just started feeding these eggs to him one after the other, and with, you know, the length of a city uh, block, was hitting these people, <laughs> just firing one after another. They didn't even make it halfway up the street towards us and they, before they turned and ran. Anyway, mischief night. That's a great story. That might have been the only time I was actually out, because I was otherwise generally probably too scared of most things. Yeah, and you were probably traumatized by all that excitement. It was exciting. Yeah, so uh, uh, anything else about Halloween? Um, Halloween's awesome. Everybody have a good time. 
I don't know that we proved anything. You can tell me that. But you do remind me, and I have this thought in my head from a, uh, maybe the last episode that maybe simply 80, look, I'm not trying to steal your thunder here, but, <laughs> but there's something about the 1980s. All the, uh, most of the points that we touched on here suggest that the 80s was better because it, it was unique. It was special. It was one day a year. Uh, the, the options were limited. And again, you know, we've talked about some different, for, uh, different episodes now. It seems like the more options you have, the less special things become. Yep. And so, therefore, again, stuff in the eighties was awesome. Yeah, I think that that sums it up right there. Now, is that is that in danger though? Hmm. I wonder. You know, we're going to have to examine this at some point in the future. So, you know, I, I try to make sure that none of our conclusions are based <laughs> on nostalgia and how we feel. It's, I feel like there's a danger of saying, "Well, there was fewer things in the eighties, so therefore it's more special than today." May swallow up, uh, you know. Uh, every other type of argument we could have to prove the 80s were the best. You know what I mean? Well, there are things that I think are better today, but we haven't got to one yet. So <laughs> You guys got to see the smile on Ray's face. It's, it's enormous. When we do get to that one, it's going to be just, uh, oh, man, I can't believe he thought that. Wait a second. You're suggesting we could be wrong. About a few things, yeah. All right. Well, I look forward to You know, that might be the scariest thing that you've said. Yep. So, hey, now that you've scared me, uh, happy Halloween, like you were saying. Yes, happy Halloween to everybody. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you next time on The 80s. See ya.